What's up guys, Jack here. Really excited to bring you Austin Rankin, Coach Rank on the Operation Grip Box podcast today. Footwork and position skills coach in the football performance industry. Young guy, absolutely killing it in Ohio State Buckeye territory, Columbus, Ohio. And we get into a ton of really good stuff on this episode. I got a ton of value out of it. I know you'll get a ton of value out of it as well. And as someone who has some background in the education industry, I really loved the conversation of where we kind of took it near the end in terms of uh, training football players and giving them their kind of own educational setting. So I would love to hear what you think of that, what you think of the podcast overall. And he's a great young coach getting after it. So I hope you learn a lot from him and follow him on social media and Juice Academy. And without further ado, let's get into it. Well, Mr. Rankin, uh, really excited to have you on. And uh, tell me about Juice Academy. Well, Juice Academy, number one, is all about the players, first off. That's one thing I would like to put out there. But uh, mainly it's a, it's a program where guys can take their game to the next level, you know, in any way possible. Whether that be from an IQ standpoint, feet, hands, hips, all that. You know, I, I try to pride myself on being more cerebral with how I teach these kids, you know, as far as their uh, techniques and the fundamentals that go into playing each and every position on the field and what you're supposed to know at that position when it's game time and where your eyes should be so you can play the game faster and you don't have to really think about it, you know. And it's fun, man. It's, it's all about having fun, putting the work in, you know. That's 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 what I can say about my business right now. It's, you know, strictly about getting better and putting the work out there for everybody to see it and let you know that these kids are really putting in blood, sweat, and tears to get to where they want to be on Friday nights, Saturday afternoons, or Sunday, even Sunday afternoons, you know. So, Well, I'm really excited to have you on, and there's a couple, I think, really unique things about you. One is that you're, you're training every position on the field, and two, your cerebral approach. So I guess I want to start with, if I'm a new client that reaches out to you for the first time what does that process look like from the moment i reach out to you to i want i want to kind of hear how you decide if you want to work with someone and then how how you decide what type of drills and, and techniques to do with them to make them a better football player okay well so first first thing is usually when a guy hits me up i ask a bunch of questions either before the workout or at the workout, you know, I ask all the questions I need to ask so I can put my drills specific to you and your team and make sure that I don't go outside of what your coach wants you to do on the field. So basically, what I do is talk to them if they're depending on what position they play. If you're a linebacker, then I'd ask what defense, you know, linebacker, defensive guys, I ask what type of defense you play. You know, what, 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 is the, what is the goal? What is your coach trying to get accomplished with your position as far as your whole defense works, you know? Or offense, receivers, what routes do you run? Running back, are you a zone running team, gap running team? Stuff like that. You know, I like to ask those questions. I like to ask you about the guys around you that you play with, you know? And also, basically, instilling confidence from me to you that I'm, that I'm going to take your game to another level. 
not only have I proved it, but I can tell you, you know, at looking at a certain kid's situation, you know, how I can best fit you to get you to that next level or where you want to be, whether that you want to start, you want to get playing time, or maybe if you're a high-level guy, you're trying to get that offer, or, you know, you're trying to D2, D3, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Whatever that next level you're trying to reach is, is where I'm trying to get you to. And the way I can do that is looking at your film, one, and then just talking to you, getting a feel for, you know, how you or how your team works. And then once we get out to the workout, it's more about me watching how you move. And can, and I can tell usually off the first couple warm-ups what we can and cannot do at least right now for that time being, you know. And for every position, I have my warm-up. I like to, you know, have these drills where you warm up just so I can see how you move. Because I already know what drills I can give you and what drills I can't off of how you move and how, you know, how your hips are moving and how you how you eat, how you get around. You know what I'm saying? And then so what are a couple things in terms like of this. what are a couple things that stand out to you in terms of uh, you can see how whether or not um, an athlete's ready to do a particular set of drills with you? Um, I would say probably the, it starts up it starts up top in the head mentally, honestly. A lot of guys, when you watch a move and then you take them through a drill that you know they can do this drill, but mentally it's throwing them off. They're thinking about it too much, which is one of the main things I do when I train is mentally I'm trying to take you to a different level to the point where you're in the game and you can just do your assignment and play fast. You see what I'm saying? Because if, if you're out here and you're thinking about all this stuff you have to do before you catch the ball or all this stuff you have to do before you – you know, getting your shuffle and then break on the ball or whatever <clears throat> the case may be at whatever position you're in, it is it's imperative that you um let um, it rip. Don't think, let it rip. Yeah, exactly. Let it exactly. Don't don't think about it because I, I you can tell when you're out there working with a guy and he's thinking too much. Like you're thinking about uh I gotta I gotta go do this, then I gotta do this, and then you forget parts of the drill because you're thinking too much. I always tell guys, right before you do the drill, just like right before the play, think of all the things you have to do. And then when I say go, or just like in a game when the ball snaps, your mind should go blank and you should naturally be able to do your job. You know, And that's why you have to put in the hours of training and put that extra work in so that it becomes natural in the game when you get tired. You're, you're staying true to your technique. You're not letting it fade away. You're not trying to use athleticism late in the game. You know, when you're tired, that may not work because the guy across from you may be using good technique. And that and in football, we all know it's a chess match. You know, it's a one it's, it's who can win their individual battle. And the way you ensure that you win your individual battle is being solid in your technique and your work habits and the things that you practice day in and day out, you know, that eventually transfer to the game. You know, that's just the stuff I like to do. And then what do you think sets up for this ability for you to have the ability to be in the zone, to let it rip, to mm-hmm. be in flow. So you wanna you wanna be able to say that you're fully prepared. Is do you feel like there's any other components that because this is a common issue, right? It's a common issue where Exactly. Guys are thinking average football plays only four to six seconds. So if you spend any of that time thinking, you're going to be moving a half a second, half a second half slower. Half a step than, slow. Yeah, yeah. 
And if you're half a step slow, that's a, in some cases that's a touchdown. You know, if you're thinking and you have to, and your and your goal is to read the guards, and you're a step slow because you're thinking about it. Next thing you know, you're 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 a step slow. He threw that hole into the next level, and now it's a ten yard gain, the first down. You know, just stuff like that. You want to be able to have a lot of things thrown at you and handle them mentally. And that's what I that's the main point behind my training. It's almost like a football game. I'm throwing a bunch of stuff at you mentally, I'm telling you a lot of things, and you have to <laughs> remove all the cluster and focus on your job and the task at hand in front of you. You know. And then let's say you you see a, a athlete who who looks the part but you can tell off the bat in the warm up is not he's 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 overthinking. So so what is your process mm-hmm. to to get him to from where he is to get him to be able to let it rip on the football field. Slow it down. That's the main, to me, the main thing that I, at least with, that I've noticed and got experience from playing myself, one thing that I struggled with was going too fast. A lot of guys would get out there and they're going too fast. you got to slow it down so that you understand what's being taught. You see what I'm saying? So when being taught something, you have to, and you're, thinking too much, I have to slow it down and break it down for you in a way that explains it part by part. And, you know, some drills I like to segment it and break it into different parts so you could either, you know, a receiver, you could change speeds within your route so that you can get open at the top. (coughs) But stuff like that is very important, you know, is slowing down and understanding you don't have to move that fast if you're going to do it wrong. If you want to do it wrong, then there's no point in doing it at all. You want to at least go slow until you can get it, until your mind has said, okay, I understand this now. Now I can go full speed. Let's play. And at that point, when you're ready to go, and that's when you continually do these drills every day of the week, you know, and that's how you get that muscle memory. And Because the biggest muscle in your body is the brain, you know. But... I'm comparing football all the time to the the military just because it's a combat sport, it's a violent sport, and like you said, it's it's a it's a chess match. And Navy SEALs they got they got a saying: "Slow is smooth, smooth is fast." Where exactly, exactly, and that's exactly what I try to stress, especially to my wide receivers: is being smooth is much more important than you running up in, running up to a guy. And making some really fast move that he didn't really get affected by because you didn't really take your time to try to move him. You see what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, at least from a receiver's perspective, when you're running your route, you want to make the top of your route the most explosive, and that's where you want to make your money and get open. You know, because if you're flying into your move or you're flying into the top of your route, you're not going to be able to break it down as smooth as you want to because you're not, you're moving too fast forward and you can't break side to side moving fast forward you have to slow down enough to the point where you can make that move and then once you make that move and plant you explode out austin are you there yeah yeah i'm sorry hey i apologize i watched it okay so if i'm a i'm a receiver can you talk a little bit more about how the the importance of the top of the route that's when we need to be most explosive and, and that's when you need to slow down the most Yes, exactly. That's where, to be. that's where 
the money is made at the top. Like, cause that the, the higher and higher you get up in football, there's going to be less space between you and a defender. So, if, like, like I said, if you go play, if you go from high school and you go play in college, and then you're lucky enough to play in the NFL, those guys are going to be right next to you. You know, they get they get paid too on the other side of the ball. They're 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 paid to defend you. So at the end of the day, those guys are going to be a lot tighter to you, a lot tighter to you, and a lot more hands are going. to be grabbing on you and you have to know how to defeat that at the top. Because at the end of the day, you can have <clears throat> you can have a great release, but at the top, if you can't do anything with it, he can regain his position and make a play. And then in terms of, of tactically here, when I think about the receivers I work with, a lot of a lot of stuff's on hip mobility and opening their hips up. You say that's something you do as well. What what are some things that you do with receivers to really to open up their hips? Um, I do a lot of karaoke stuff, for sure. I'll do, I'll do a set of, so I'll have them on the ass, facing the stadium or where at which side, and I'll have them do karaoke. And then three times in a row, so when he pops that, that top leg that comes over the top, so say it's your left leg is the one that keeps coming over the top. The third time you put that leg back on the ground, you'll plant and come out at a 45-degree angle and catch the ball. So you'll do three of those. You know, nice and easy, nothing too fast or crazy, nice and easy. You know, karaoke. And in that third karaoke, you're going to plant off that foot, turn <clears throat> turn your hip, throw that elbow, which is a, another major part of my training as far as wide receivers, is that, that the swing of the elbows, keeping them tight to your body and letting the elbows pull you through while you stick and get your whole body to turn around. But as far as that goes, I use karaoke. I use, uh, I don't know if you've seen the little hexagons on the ground. Yes. I do a lot of hip rotation. Yeah, I do a lot of hip rotation taps on those, turning <laughs> turning and moving your hips in, in certain different ways that guys really aren't used to. You know, I got there's, there's a lot of receivers I trained when I first started bringing those out. It kind of threw them for a loop for a while because it was it was different. You know, it those right, that movement right there that I do where we come across and then I have you fully rotate your hip to the point where it looks like you're almost turning the other direction, but you're just tapping it and then coming back square, you know? And that's, and that's all in the swiveling of the hips. I want hips to be able to swivel, you know, because you don't want to be able to get, you, you want to be able to get to your route and come out, have your hips turned and nice and low arm movement, put, you know, throwing the uh, elbow through and coming out, you know, those are the things you really want to work on as a wide receiver. But obviously, like you said, the hip, the hip stuff is huge, you know, especially for wide receivers because the looseness of the hips enables you to run certain routes, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's like a, I don't know if the word is dichotomy or, or paradox or what, but it's they're so important. But at the same time, because some of these guys are so fast – their hips are so exactly. tight, so they're still able to do their thing, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. I did a speed workout with <laughs> Darius Hayward Bay a couple months ago, and uh, mm-hmm. dude had the tightest hips I've ever seen in my life. Yet when you watched, <laughs> when you watched him run, it was uh, it's like his calves are like pogo sticks, man. It was, it was absolutely incredible. So it's, I think it's, it is really unique where it's like hip mobility is so important. 
But at the same time, these guys are so fast that that, that no matter what you do, like the hips are going to be they're going to be tight. You know, the faster you run, the tighter they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and that's what I. And at the end of the day, it comes down to because a lot of guys, like you said, there's some guys who can get away with it. But I like to, in my like, at least when I get out there and start training anybody, no matter what level they're at or whatever, I always tell them every drill you do. I need you to do it as if there's a great football player across from you, which there's going to be at some point in your career if you keep continue to elevate. You have to do these reps as if there's going to be there's, there's a great football player in front of you who's been coached on the right fundamentals and has great technique where you're not going to be able to get away with the stuff that you were doing maybe in high school using the same release or whatever you were doing. You have to change it up now, and you have to be more – your hips have to be looser, you know what I'm saying? Your hips have to be able to swivel more and loosen up because you may not be able to get over against that one, you know, that, that one corner or whatever that's going to be pressing you all game. You know what I'm saying? Because he's going to be on his best, his, his A game, you know. So at the end of the day, you want to do everything in the off season that has to do with you, you know, find, you know, finding those little cracks and stuff in your game and showing them up. That's what it's about. So that when you go against somebody that's on your level or above your level, you can perform how you're supposed to. Because I don't go out there and set up drills just so you can go out there and kill the guys that you're supposed to be able to, to handle. You know, these are, this is this is for when you go against guys who are, you know, at the top of their game, whichever level that may be at, so that you can, when you go up against that guy, you have confidence. Confidence comes from putting in work hours and hours and hours and hours, and then you go out there and you have confidence that you've been taught the right thing and you've been working on it, and then you can go out there and prove, you know. And then you're a young guy, uh, very credible in terms of who you've worked with and the results that that you've gotten. What do you do to – what's your process to, to develop these drills, to develop these drills that, that transfer over to the game – and it's not like you're just doing it in out of one position. You're, you know, you as you as you stated, like as long as you're a football player, no matter what position I play, you state that you're able to help me, and you have results that prove it. So I'd, I'd love to learn a little, little bit more about your process in terms of how you develop these drills and that are so transferable over to to the game. Um, film study is mainly huge for me. Film study. And I'm so glad that college football was able to give me what it did the three seasons that I played. You know, because I, I played receiver, <clears throat> but I wasn't a guy that just paid attention to only what I was doing. Because at the end of the day, I wanted to be – I knew I wanted to coach football. And at the end of the day, to me, I had to pay – I paid attention to every coach I ever was around. I paid attention to every trainer that I was around. And I paid attention to everything in the meeting rooms, whether it be special teams, defense, whatever it was, I paid attention because eventually I knew I would need that knowledge. And then when I got out and started coaching and training, I just took film study to a whole other level because it's like now the game has definitely become more mental. It's not For me, it's not much as much physical anymore. It's more mental and how I'm preparing my to get ready to train whoever I need to train by being ready so I don't have to get ready. You know, studying every single position, all the details from the ground up, you know, learning from different guys, guys who are credible, 
you know, what are they doing to get their guys better? And how can I, you know, watch this, learn this technique, and then evolve it <laughs> into something that I can use for my guys that'll make sense. You know, that's that's the main thing I love to do. I love watching film from studying, you know, motivational things, coaches all the way down to the X's and O's, you know, with, and how they play certain coverages or how, you know, the blocking schemes for certain offenses, this stuff that I need to know in general about the game of football. It, it could be anywhere. I could be studying, you know, the triple option one day. It, it doesn't matter to me. I got to get all that information, retain all that, because at the end of the day, I have to help these kids become the best player they possibly can at every position, you know. And I can, and at the end of the day, I can learn, I can teach. I'm a best, I'm a guy who invests in myself, you know. At the end of the day, I really took it upon myself to study that stuff and make sure that I'm coming correct when I come out there. I want to be as completely fundamentally sound and technically sound as possible when I get out there so that, you know, the parents trust me and, and most importantly, the kids. You know, and it's it's a good thing to hear, you know, when a lot of come back and they say, well, this is exactly the stuff we're doing in camp. And it may be at two different colleges, you know, but this is the same stuff we're doing in camp. And I was ready for it, you know. I was telling this like a study guy. I'm giving you the study guide to the test almost, you know, because I'm out here studying the dudes that a lot of your coaches are learning from. I'm studying from all those guys, you know. And there's a great quote by Michael Jordan. He says his the best skill that he ever – developed and cultivated was that he listened to every single coach he had and even if even if he didn't agree with that coach he was gonna he was gonna take something away from it and i think exactly you I, can take something away from anybody you can t- i've taken stuff away from you can take stuff away from anybody if you keep your mouth shut i mean it's, a lot of guys don't like i mean there's some a lot of guys who like to talk a lot or whatever i was one of those guys who really didn't talk a lot i so i was sports i was listening whether it was high school, whether it was middle school, whether it was college. Now, even when I've been on some coaching staffs or in some gyms I've worked in, I've always listened. You know what I'm saying? I've always listened and see what other people who were at the top of the chain or top of where I was at, what they were doing on a daily basis. You know, a guy I like to look at, the guy I played for in high school, Coach Crabtree, you know, I've, I've watched. Everything, everything he did, I watched it, and I find myself saying some of the same stuff he said and stuff like that because it was just like, <laughs> this guy's a winner. He wins games every year. He wins eight, nine, ten games every year, you know, and he doesn't have to think about it. You see what I'm saying? So it's like watching those things. You can, I believe every situation in life is can bring you something new and new knowledge, you know, because I, I always – I don't – Usually, I never say no to any opportunity because that's that's time for me to learn. You know, take even the NFL guys that I work with, I can learn stuff from them. Learn the routes that they run. Learn the way their coach wants this to be done, this, that, and the other. But that's valuable. Everything is valuable to me and can be taken away, good or bad. There's also bad coaches <clears throat> that you can say, okay, now that I've seen and look back on situations, you could be like, okay. Maybe that wasn't, maybe I wouldn't do that in that situation. You know, maybe I've learned what to do and what not to do. You know, stuff like that. So good. A uh, couple things there. So one, I'd love to hear, what is your learning process then? So let's say you're, you learn something new. 
is this just, are you just able to kind of mentally store it and compartmentalize it in your head or are you writing it out and then creating something off that? Or, I mean, you can even give a specific example, but, um, cause I mean, there's, there's a ton of information out there. There's a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people out there, um, trying to get after it in the industry, but you have the results. So I'd love to hear, obviously you're doing something right with your process. So I'd love to hear, uh, what is kind of your learning process it, it, or is there anything in there or is this just something that you're able to store in your head and then, and it comes out, but, um, yeah, pretty, that's, that's pretty much how I've always been. I've gotten to a point where I don't really write anything down <laughs> and stuff I write down is, you know, stuff that I think may split my brain. What I watch on the film visually that I see, and I understand, you know, because I, I have a natural feel for the game of football that, you know, it just can't be, it just can't be like, you can't put your finger on it, but it's just a natural feel that I just have. And when I see something, I have an understanding of what that is and what they're trying to do. So when I see it, I'm like, okay, that's, that's, that's the drill I'm using. And I already know, like, my mind goes certain places. And I watch, I watch it a few times. And then I'll think, okay, what can I add to this to advance it or evolve it, no matter what year it's from, you know, what can I do to advance or evolve this drill to make it so they're having to do even more maybe than what they're doing that I'm watching right here, not more as in, I'm just trying to tie you out, like more as far as your technique goes, what else can I throw into this that makes sense? You know, you can throw a bunch of stuff together and it might not make sense, but I like to, for some reason, to put it goes in my head, and I know which spots to put it in and when to use, it, you know, and when when that should be applied, stuff like that. Love it. And then, could you talk a little bit about your high school playing experience? And then I'd love to hear what you think in your coach Crabtree in terms of maybe a couple things that stand out why he wins every year. Um. Well, my playing career at Kaufman was like, I mean, it was definitely an eye-opener for my football career, at least, because I was, I was mainly a basketball guy. Because I was, my freshman year, I had a really good year playing basketball. Didn't play that much on the football team, so I was like, I was thinking, all right, I'm probably going to quit. Like, I'm, I'm averaging these many points of basketball, I think I might just stick with that. And then, <laughs> you know, Coach Crabtree, he just, wouldn't leave me alone. He was like, you know, you're too good of an athlete not to just just to be playing one sport. You can play both, you know. And through that whole time, he was just continuing to stay on me, bringing me articles and all these type of things, you know. And then had certain guys talk to me that played, you know, before I did or whatever, before the program that were good players. And he had them talk to me, you know, and it was stuff like that. And then I think, and I was like, ah, you know, I'll give it one more year. You know, because all the way up until at least my sophomore year, I played quarterback. But I wasn't, once I got to the level that I was going to play varsity, I wasn't tall enough. So I had to switch positions. And he, Coach Crouch, was like, you know, whichever position you decide to play, you're most likely going to start either corner or wide receiver. You know, and I never forget seven on seven back in high school. And we, we was just playing outside. It was, I was playing both. And it was just like, <clears throat> whichever one I the best at and do the best at, I think I'm going to just go with this position. 
And so at the end of the day, I caught a few bombs and then played defense. But at the end of the day, they broke it down. I started running. They broke off into position groups, and I started running with the corners. And I never forget the receiver coach to stop me from running over there and said, nah, you're a receiver. And ever <laughs> since then, I was. Then ever since then, I, I guess I'm a receiver, and that must be the sign, you know. But the things that I watch from Coach Crabtree, to me, that allows him to win every year, mainly is discipline. You know, that's the number one thing that I think is discipline, accountability, integrity. He's a man of high character, <laughs> and he runs a clean program, you know, from top to bottom. And that's, to me, it transfers on the field when you see guys who are well-coached going against dudes who may be talented. We go versus that are maybe more talented, but they're not well-coached, and they don't beat us because our discipline is supposed to be, you know. And then what is your take on uh, – Crabtree said, hey, man, you can, you can play football and basketball. What is your take on uh, – Athletes playing multiple sports, and when do you, you know, I'm, I'm, I know you, you train a lot of 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds. If a parent asks you, mm-hmm. yep. should, should my kid just just play football? What's your answer to that? Um, to me, that's a that's a that's a that's a case by case basis. So to me, there are certain kids to me who honestly, because I can see, no one like I played enough football, seen enough. Football, in my 20 years, that if I if I see you, I can tell. Okay, if you continue to work on this, just this year round, you're going to get you're going to get money to play football. You know, free D1 at, at a school. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it also might be a situation where this kid may need to play another sport to expand that athletic ability. But there's some guys that are just He's a, you can just look at him and say, okay, he's a football guy. Like, that's, he's, if you play football, like, that's one thing I wish I would have done. <laughs> from, if I, for my freshman year, I didn't go to any, I didn't go to any football camps this summer going into my senior year. And that's late. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't going to camps like these guys that have been since freshman year of high school and getting exposure. You know, but at the end of the day, the thing I would say the most, I would never tell a kid not to play another sport. But I will say, if you're more serious about football, one thing Coach Crouchy always said was, you can't dabble in football. Football's not a hobby. That's something you have to <coughs> fully engulf yourself in. And to me, there's no problem if you play another sport. But like I said, if you play a position, if you play corner, you need to be somehow getting some type of back then during basketball season. Like you have to get have to get that work in at some point. That way it doesn't leave you. Because if you just don't catch any balls for months on end and you get back out there, you're basically started, you know, as a receiver, you should still be catching balls. Like, there's stuff you can still make sure that you don't lose. Just like if you were playing football, you can still shoot jump shots. You know, you don't never want to lose. That's the thing where too much, too many kids just forget about the sport. They just kept playing. All right, let me forget about this and just play right now. You know, which is, I mean, that's all fine. But at the end of the day, if your goals are where you say you want them to be and you want to be here, this, that, and the other, you have to go all your, like, as you know better than anybody, those kids out in California, they have, 
we don't y'all don't have the weather that we do out here. Y'all can go all year round. You know what I'm saying? There are kids out there that are probably working out all year round for football. You know. And then it sounds like once you decided to to really make it a go as a receiver in high school, uh, started playing well. Could you talk a little bit about uh, maybe a couple highlights, memorable stories from high school, and then uh, how you ended up playing in college? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, high school, I mean, high school, was that was fun. It was fun because I was never really the receiver to lie for the ball, this, that, the other. You know, there was times that the offensive coordinator would come up and apologize or say, we'll try to get you the ball. We'll try to, you know, I didn't say anything. He would come I'm like, You're, it's not, you don't even have to do that because we're winning games. You know, at the end of the day, I don't, like, I don't, I'm not a guy who cared about my numbers really. I mean, I started, I just didn't care about, I cared about winning more. You know, how can I, if, 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 if me having 15 catches is what we got to do to win, fine. If me having one catch is what we got to do to win, then that's fine too. But, you know, one of the, uh, one of my favorite, favorite memories from high school had to be uh, probably uh, we played our rival my senior year, Davidson. And we had probably lost. We probably lost. That's the only team that usually beats us probably more than we beat them. And they probably, at, that, at the time, they had probably beat us eight out of the last nine. Like, they were, you know, controlling the rivalry. So it was fourth game of the season. <coughs> and I'll never forget, I went back for the first kickoff and I had never returned a kick return before. And I'm a guy, I was a guy who liked, I wasn't really straight line fast. The guy liked to make moves. So the first time I ever caught a kick return, ran, ran up a little bit and then started making too many moves and got like tackled inside the tent. Then ran off to the sideline and the coach is like, yo, you gotta, you gotta hit it. When you see a crease, you can't wait. It's not like, you know, punt return where you can catch it, kind of dance and then, you know, hit the sideline. This was this is kick return is just you gotta hit it. I'm like, okay. Well I'll never forget. So right that same game, uh Davidson runs triple option. They control the clock and we're the opposite. We like to air it out, we play spread, no huddle offense. So it's you know, battle it's a clash. So at the end of the day they, they have the ball and they're controlling the game. You know, we scored the first time we got it, but they're now they're controlling the game and then they go down and kick a field goal and it's seven to three now and you can tell everybody's kind of like a little tight because of uh you know they're they're now controlling the tempo of the game and, and you can feel in the football game when the momentum switches but <clears throat> the next kickoff went back there and so that week we set up the return down the sideline because davidson like to kick it to the right or uh, our, our left their right but then up toward that sideline so we we're going to set the blocking up that way so I caught it near the sideline, then toward the middle, and then ended up sticking my foot in the ground and then taking it up through some blocks and then back outside. And then next thing you know, I want the kicker and he just falls down. And then I went at least, uh, I don't know, probably 70 more yards and then got knocked out at like the, what was it, like 10, 15-yard line. But <laughs> that, that switched the momentum all the way back in our favor. You know, but that was, I mean, that whole game was just like, I think I had like seven for 150 or something like that receiving. It was just like, you know, the game where I put it all together because before that game, I was dropping passes. You know, 
I was, you know, I was starting slot receiver, supposed to be doing this, that, or the other, and I was out there dropping passes that I shouldn't have been dropping. And it kind of brought me back into that focus, which is a theme for my entire life. You know, no matter how many times you fail or whatever, you got to get back up and continue to, you know, enhance that focus so that next time it doesn't happen. And that was that, that Davidson game was kind of a breakthrough for me because I, <clears throat> the first few weeks I lost my confidence. Because early in my football career, if I dropped a few passes, my confidence was gone. Hmm. You know, and I wanted to fix that. So at the end of the day, that game right there was huge for me, at least in my high school career, that, um, you know, that that refocusing and that and that motivation through, you know, your own failures to, okay, I'm not letting this happen again. I got to go out here and prove something to myself, you know. And, and that mental process that we, we talked about earlier in the – the show about think about what you have to do beforehand and then let it rip when the when the play starts. Mm-hmm. Did you did you do that on that kickoff return where you thought about okay if I see a crease I'm gonna go. And the and the thing is the the best plays I ever made in my football career I never thought I never I never had any any type of thought in my I was just running like I was just like I was just making moves and stuff without even thinking about it. <laughs> There's another play that's even more uh, more of an example of that I had my freshman year of college when um, they put me in a game. We, we were out in Iowa playing uh, South Dakota Mines or something like that, another D2 school. So we're out there playing them. And they put me in the game late in the game, and I'm running a five-yard out, nothing crazy. I catch it. And then I kind of hop, I'm kind of hopping, like, so I catch it, turn around, and I kind of hop sideways on my left foot. And I'm trying to, like, <laughs> it's like I'm almost scanning the field to see what I'm about to do. And I never forget. I heard the coach, like, on the sideline yell, run. He said, run, run. <laughs> and so I just caught it, and I just took off. But I took off at an angle, and I took off and cut back across the defense. And when I did, when I made that move to cut back inside, my coach was screaming out, no, no, don't go in there. And <laughs> next thing you know, I'm running through and two couple guys miss, third guy miss, and then after that, I just cut all the way across the field and up scoring like a 50-yard touchdown off the out that I caught and cut back across, way across the field. And that whole time, my natural instinct, I don't know what told me to run in there, but my natural instinct just took me in there and then he missed, and then, you know, ended up being a touchdown. But <clears throat> that was one of the more plays of my life where I really felt like it was my body was just acting upon muscle memory. It just, I wasn't thinking, because when you, when you get into a point where you're thinking too much, especially as a guy, as a receiver, who likes to make moves after the catch, you can do too much and lose yards. And instead of just catching it, taking what the defense gives you and playing it down, you know. And, so I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Pete Carroll and his process. And his kind of whole mm-hmm. philosophy is to set his players up to be able to go out and let it rip and do their thing on the field without thinking. And he says there's two components to it. He says one is confidence in the training and the preparation. And the other half of his equation, exactly. the other half of his equation is trust trust in the coaches, trust in the teammates, and just kind of trust trust in the program. 
And I'm wondering, in your mm-hmm. experience, do you agree with that? And then also, as a football player, instead of asking, well, you know, what other what other teammates are doing, what they can do to to improve, what what can I do as a football player to to build trust with my teammates? If I'm if I'm focusing on myself and not worrying about other people, what, what can you do to to build trust with your teammates? Um, one thing to build trust is just doing the little things right. If guys see you in there, you know, either being early or on time, you know, whether it's like I said, it doesn't matter what position you play, that guy across from you or that guy who playing alongside you has to trust you. If I'm playing, <laughs> if I'm playing D line, the linebacker, the linebacker behind me has to trust that I'm going to eat up these blocks. So he can scrape over top and make the play, you know, or if receiver and I'm in the slot, I have to trust that the guy outside of me is going to block me on that bubble route so I can just catch the ball and go, you know, don't not, not running my route, expecting somebody to hit me. That means I don't trust him. You see what I'm saying? That's how you earn trust is when you're in the trenches, when you're actually battling against another team, that's how you really earn that trust, you know? And, you know, like I, like I said, showing up on time, being accountable, working hard in the weight room. I mean, doing stuff that other guys look at you and say, okay, I need to try to do some stuff like that. And once you get that going, you know, and all your team and, and guys are, 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 you know, building that chemistry and saying to themselves, you know, I got to be more accountable. I have to do this, that, or the other, because this guy is really stepping up and he's doing his thing. That means you have to follow suit. You know what I'm saying? And that and that's where that trust comes from is really <laughs> through the hardest workouts, through the hardest, you know, through the hardest stuff, you trust your teammates. And I, I got a perfect example of that in college. They brought these guys they brought these guys in from the military for a two day program. You know, it was a team building thing. So they brought them in there, you know. And so the first day, we just did some, you know, some basic team building stuff, you know, <coughs> carrying some logs as a team, you know, stuff like that. Then the next day, they had they said we're going to be at the YMCA, 4.30 a.m. at the pool inside. And I was like, you know, I'm terrified because I can't swim. So I'm like, oh, man, I don't know what I'm about to like. This is going to be crazy. So I don't know how I'm going to do I don't know what they're going to make us do or how they – but, you know, when we got in there in the morning, you know, they were like, we don't care if you can swim or not. You can either run to the other side, swim. We don't care. We just want you getting back and forth. You know, and my teammates could kind of tell I was kind of like freaking out a little bit, but there was a bunch of guys who had my back. You know, there was a bunch of guys who told me flat out, like, I'm not letting, I'm not letting them happen to you out here. You know, you can't swim, whatever. We're going to get through this. You know, no matter how hard the workout is or whatever, that's where the trust comes from, you know. <laughs> and then how – what was your most memorable experience from college? Uh, how was that run for you? Um, when you saying which – you're saying which, which one was probably the, the most memorable? Yeah, just overall uh, overall college career as a football player. Is there anything uh, – any stories that t- – I mean, that sounds out – that sounds like a – a story in itself where you had to, to face your fear and an intense challenge, but are there any exactly. stories from your college it career? It was. It was. I, I never got probably a little sleep in my life thinking about, you know, 
what possibly could happen because I don't know. Like I said, when I get water, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, but uh, I mean, there were a lot of there were a lot of stories in college that were, you know, good. I would say, like, <laughs> uh, I would say one time. I mean, one time I got at least in the weight room off season program, I got awarded weight room warrior a couple times. You know. Being, and that's why, and that's another thing I prided myself on in college is I, I was strong. Like, even though I'm a small guy, I was strong. Like, that was one thing that my coach always used to say to me because I, because <clears throat> I was, I really didn't like to, as a receiver, I, as, at my size, I really didn't like to block. And my coach would always tell me, like, yo, Rankin, like, you're strong. Like, I see you in the weight room all the time, like, you're strong. Like, sometimes, <clears throat> You're you're strong. You're a lot stronger than you think you are, you know. And that that kind of stuck with me, as far as a mental thing. Like your mind is only you know, your mind is what's going to take you as far as you want to go, you know. Because it's breaking those mental limits and taking your body to that next level that you didn't think you could go to. That turns you into a new person. Because without that experience, I wouldn't be here. You know, what I am today. Because those times were strictly a grind. Like, every day was a grind. We didn't have, you know, all we didn't get all the stuff that D1s do or whatever. We were just out there playing football every day, you know. Cornfields, all that. We were just out there playing, practicing, you know. We didn't get all the meals or whatever like that. We're just out here trying to, trying to, trying to live a dream, you know. <laughs> and then I'd love to hear your... I'd love to hear your take on the kind of the overall state, what your opinion is on the the football skill industry where even even now there, there seems to be some flack from both uh, football coaches and then strength and conditioning coaches on the effectiveness of uh, football skills, guys like yourself, even though, I mean, the, the proof's in the pudding, the results are unequivocal, and... Um, it just it, it really baffles me because it's like it's just another player to bring into the game. Where if you know if you're a exactly exactly if you're a football a player, lot of guys like this. Go ahead. Yeah, what I was about to say is um, yeah, a lot of I mean it it depends like in a situation it's, it's kind of a touchy. I mean it can get <laughs> the thing is with this you have to have a guy you have to really trust the guy that he really knows what he's doing. And I think that's where some of those guys, coaches and strength and conditioning guys, that's where some of that comes from is, you know, knowing what you're doing. But at the end of the day, that's the most important part. about. But I think this industry is going definitely in an upward direction because at the end of the day, your coach can only work with – your coach or anybody on your staff can only work with you for so many hours. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always said – to my guys, I'm basically an extension of your coach. That's what I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be an extension of the guy that you go play for. You know, that's that's what I need to be. I can't, you know, be doing what I, I want to do out here. I have to stay within the rules that he set for his team and what he wants you to do at your position and train you with inside that, you know, that framework, you know. And that's, that's mainly, to me, a huge part of it is – Knowing, you know, really knowing what you're doing because at the end of the day, those results 
are more, much, much more, you know, how I said, much more, you know, translatable to the game than, than, you know, maybe a strength and conditioning guy's work would be. You know what I'm saying? Even though that prepares you to play the game, at the end of the day, no matter how many squats you do, that's not going to make you catch the football. That's not going to make you run good routes. At the end of the day, you, that's something you have to do all the time. Odell Beckham catches all these one-hand passes because that's all he did was work on catching the ball with one hand. <laughs> Somebody throwing it at him as hard as they can, and he's catching it with one hand as many times as he can. You know, it's the only way you get better. And at the end of the day, it has to come from the player also. So at the end of the day, it has to, that hunger has to come from within him to seek out that extra work and that. And the parents to get involved, make sure this guy, you know, he knows what he's doing or whatever, this, that, and the other. But <clears throat> I definitely think this industry is definitely going to continue to rise because I believe that the on-the-field stuff, the extra work, is something that definitely produces results 100% because you're going through situations that will happen in the game. And you can really do that if you're out there with somebody who knows what they're doing. You'll get, you'll get your money's worth. You know, every time I go out there, I got to make sure I earn the money that they're giving me. You know, got to look yourself in the mirror and say that I earn that. You know what I'm saying? That's how I like to look at myself in the mirror every day, making sure I'm at the top of my stuff as sharp as I can be to make sure that I gain the respect, the confidence, or whatever in the people that are trusting me to train their son. You know, and I got a lot of guys, I got a lot of kids I'm training right now to, the, the parents play, the, the dads play the NFL, you know. So at the end of the day, it's certain trust. You got to trust them. That's the thing. That's the thing. Because when you find a good one, it's, it's they're just an extension of your coach. And they're getting, <coughs> they're getting the work that they would be getting at practice, but they can't do it with the coach because that, there, there's hour restrictions, you know. But that's my that's my take on that. And then you say the industry is growing. You're – you know, you work for yourself. Where would you like to see Juice Academy five years from now? Do you have your own football-centered facility, five or are you working for a team, or what's yes, what's the definitely. goal? Definitely, it can be it can be either. I can see myself with a facility. I can see myself with my own school, prep school, whatever. You know, because there's never been nothing like that, at least in Columbus. You know, something like that. I would like to be up because I think we're at least. Juice is trending in that direction to the highest it could possibly go because all over the place you're seeing guys, you know, take their game to the next level. All over the place. It, it, it don't even matter to be in Columbus. It could be there are guys outside of Ohio that I've trained, you know, that are doing their thing. And at the end of the day, that has always been my goal is to impact and bring knowledge and wisdom to as many kids and as many players as I possibly can. And I feel like that's been my purpose, and that's why I'm on this earth, and I'm 100% committed to that. <laughs> and I think every day the work that's put in and the, the detail is going to pay off. And I think that as the years go on, the stuff that lasts, you know, if you, if you use gimmicks or whatever, that's only going to last for so long. But at the end of the day, I've set up a foundation that is meant to go nowhere but up. You see what I'm saying? So that's where I see myself in five years is facility, you know, facility, at least here for sure, because it gets cold. <laughs> I need a facility or whatever 
to really take it to the next level so I can really start expanding to kids everywhere from here, California, Miami, you know, because I get <coughs> I get kids that hit me up even overseas all the time to DM me, maybe from Brazil, Portugal, whatever, and they're just trying to learn the game of football. They're trying to, like, what can I do to do this? Or, how, you know, how can I become a better football player, you know? And then what would a prep school look like? It would be with all fo- football school, just like you would see IMG, just like that. I would be, I would try to, I would like to be something just like that, and just call it Juice Academy. And now, and now you got guys that's just coming here, we're recruiting them. It's a prep school, and now you're in a position where you're just, and it, and, it, and it would be a school, you know, focused just like IMG is focused on guys going to who are going to the next level at a high level, you know. And everybody, everybody here is is focused on the goal, and their goal is to be a football player, you know. And that that's a dream for me to be able to, you know, <laughs> put a collection of guys on the team that are hungry. Because that's one thing I love about when I see a football player that's hungry. That's one thing I love more than anything. Because at the end of the day, you're just gonna keep working. You want to keep getting better. You want to keep getting information from everybody, anybody that you can, so that you can become the best player. And those guys are usually the ones, the least the ones that I train. The guys that are the best are the ones that are looking for anything to improve their game. You know. You know, I love that. that. Would, yeah, that would look like. And I think it's. Yeah, I think it'd be so. I think it's so good, and it's uh, just to to find young males that are hungry that want something, and then there's you know you get flack from from people in education where oh well they should spend time. Less time doing this, more time doing schoolwork, and it's like, well, if if they're not interested in it, how beneficial is that? And I, I'm saying that. Let me say that with some context, and that I have uh, educational background. So I mean, I'm a huge advocate of of learning and being a lifelong learner and, and being relentless about learning. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, mm-hmm. do, I mean, you is it's. it's undeniable that most um most kids in high school at least the ones i encounter the ones i see every day they're not interested in what they're learning in a school so yes they do need some foundational skills and and knowledge and being able to communicate and be able to write and be able to math so they can you know so they can learn about money and learn business but at the same time why not spend time spending a lot of time doing something that they love that they're really going after? So you know, I, I spent a lot of time mm-hmm. studying uh, top performers. You know, from now going back, you know, hundreds of years. And there's a famous samurai named Miyamoto Musashi who is an undefeated samurai. This guy never lost. And what he talked about was um, once you know the way, you know the way. So this guy, he dedicated his life exactly. to, to samurai. And then after that, like he, he picked up calligraphy and he, and he picked up, you know, uh, gardening and all this stuff. And he became a master of that. And that's kind of, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I think about when, in, in terms of when I try and get my guys to really just dedicate their life to, to this, if it's something they want to do, mm-hmm. because like, this is what it takes exactly. to be successful. To me, like to me, 
And that's true. And I, like you said, that's good because at the end of the day, that's, that's only going to prepare you for life. Because at the end of the day, <coughs> everybody on this earth has a purpose. And once you figure out that purpose, it's only up to you that you go after it 100% or you're going to miss out on all the blessings that are supposed to come your way if you would just be in the lane that you're supposed to be in and, and stay with it. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and get possessed with what you love to do to the point where this is the only option I have, you know, because that's, that's like you're talking about. That's, <clears throat> that's how it is. Like, this is my way out. In the, the day, I got to put hours into this, you know. I have to put hours upon hours upon hours of this if I'm going to be as good as I want to be and get my family out of the situation that they're in, you know. Because at the end of the day, those people can say what they want to you, but they don't have to go home and live your life, you know. They don't go home and see what you see. So at the end of the day, that your, your vision is already different from theirs but just off that alone. But at the end of the day, it comes down to really cutting anything and everything out of your life that seems to be or is a distraction <laughs> and distracting you from getting to where you need to go, you know. And at the end of the day, that's how I feel life should be. If Once you figure out what you should do, what you should do with your life, you should be dedicating all your days to that and becoming better at that because that's what you were meant to do and you're only going to be great and continue to work hard. You know, that's the only good is to come out of it. It's not like, you know, ah, well, you, 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 you should, it's just because you, you, they want to see you do something. Never do anything just because somebody else see you do it because they don't have to, you know, partake in what they're trying to get you to do. You don't have to suffer the consequences that you have to suffer for making certain decisions. <laughs> so at the end of the day, like you said, the samurai, you know the way, you know that, like, God will give you that vision once you know, like, you know where you're going. It's not, it's not, it's not foggy to you. You, you. you see a clear vision. The only way is just getting there and continue to go after everything and keep going, you know. I completely agree, because it's, it's, that is the question that's got to be answered is to figure out what you want to do because because of the internet the information's out there so that's why I, I think it's i think the 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 i'll just call it what's called what it is the haters that 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 go against football skills guys like yourself saying like well what's this guy's qualification it's like what well, the information's out there so if you know how to process exactly. the information and you know what the useful information is then you're going to be able to get results. It's not a matter of exactly. like what class this guy took or what university this guy went to. It's a matter of how he's able to process information. Exactly. Can you coach football? And there's a lot of guys that coach football that have certain qualifications or whatever. And I, I get like, you wouldn't believe how many kids that I train. And it's like, these are big stuff that you should know. Playing your position like, if you plan on going to college, you should know this already. Why is your coach not teaching? I, you, know, you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't imagine how many guys come to me and say, I've never learned that before. I never, I never learned this. I, we, they never teach us anything like this. Like, that's what they're supposed to be teaching. And at the end of the day, that's why I'm here, and that's why I was put in this position, because guys aren't going above and beyond their call of duty 
if you're a linebacker, some guys are just teaching you to drop to a spot. They're not teaching you to have your eyes on the quarterback, following <coughs> He moves his shoulder. You move with him. His hand comes off. That's when you break. You know, they're not teaching that. They're not teaching you to run back far receivers and, you know, get – Get, get in tune with the routes and pattern yourself to get in position to make interceptions and make plays and be smarter as a football player, your IQ. How high, you know, how how high is your football IQ? Because that's what I really pride myself on with my players is you're going to be one of the smartest players on the field when it comes game day, when it comes game day, you know, because at the end of the day, we're going to break down everything you need to know as far as making plays at your position, you know. And at the end of the day, <coughs> to me, it comes down who's getting results and actually making it happen, you know. And it's and it's not just hype behind it or whatever. This this that you know, it's actually proof in the pudding that's out for everybody to see. And like you said, the information is out there. You just have to be to, to you know invest in yourself and say I can together and, and, and look at it and see, okay, I don't need that. This is useful information. This is not useful. I don't need this. You know, at the end of the day, that's what it comes from. It doesn't really come from, you know, like you said, all this other, these qualifications, whatever, whatever the case would be with that stuff. But at the end of the day, to me, it comes down, it, it, to me, it was, to me, in my mind, it always came down to Hard work production. Are you producing? I don't care. <clears throat> I don't care how much you get paid. I don't care where you coach at. I don't care where you train at. It doesn't matter. All that matters is are you producing? Are you producing? Are you putting out a product that is A1 for everybody and anybody that comes your way? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the most valuable skill in the world right now is is this information useful? I mean, we all have access to information just because I'm looking at something. Is it that does that is that necessarily helping me in my sport? Is that helping me in my craft? And to be able to disseminate exactly. whether yeah, it yeah. is and whether it's not, man, that's that's the most valuable skill in the, in the world. And to uh, go back to education, man, why isn't that being taught right now? Exactly. Like there's a lot of things, and I've learned, and I've learned from God. Been around guys who I've. Being, who are millionaires, who are literally, I know some, I know a guy who has a million dollar plumbing company, million dollars, and he's sitting there telling me, he's giving me books, he's telling me like, look, a lot of this stuff, I didn't learn when I was in school. It almost, he said, felt like times it was a waste of money because there were times that I was, you know, I, I, I acquired skills to make this, you know, make this money or go to this level. I acquired skills that I didn't I didn't have it because I didn't teach in school, you know, <laughs> you know, and just. <laughs> so I would love to just hear. General t- go ahead. Oh yeah. Go ahead. I would love to hear no, your you take ahead. on. Uh, so when I most common answer I get from a from a high school football player, you know, wants wants to play college football, you know, I ask them what it takes to get there, and most common answer is hard work and yes that is true and yes um but the but my the only i think faulty part about it that is that there's a lot of guys out there working hard so in, in addition to mm-hmm. hard work 
what do you think are the other components to what, what wherever your football journey ends up, whether that's, you know, being a stud high school guy who maximizes potential or college or professional. Mm-hmm. But what do you think the other the other factors are that determine that that because that are beyond hard work? Um, like I like we've been talking about this whole time is mentality. You know your men, your mental your, your mental state. Where are you at mentally? Because that to me is huge for a lot of the, at least for a lot of young guys that I came across. Your mentality <laughs> in, the, in the way you approach a certain game is everything. You know, can you be confident in that hard work that you put in? Because there's some guys who work hard, but when they get out there, they're not confident. We all know there's guys that are quote unquote practice guys, <clears throat> and then they get out in the game, and you don't know what happened. And at the end of the day, that comes down to a having that the, the, your mental in the right spot. You know, to me, having supreme confidence in what you you know what you can do as a player. And to me, <coughs> film study. Huge to me. That's that's another thing that'll take a guy. Because at the end of the day, you can be on the field for hours, but you got to understand what the opponent is trying to do to you, or what you need to do when they play you a certain way. Because there's a million things that, you know, certain guys do that I've been around that are high level that a lot of guys that they're not, that the lower level, they're not doing that. You know, they're not, they're not taking it to that extra, it's that extra mile going that extra step or doing the extra stuff to really set yourself apart, you know, and basically cutting off all your distractions. Like I said earlier, that's a major part of it, you know, but Besides hard work, yeah. It's, so it's, I got I got something on the on the mentality and the distractions. So with a lot of guys that I <laughs> coach, I think this is just kind of a part of this generation. I mean, I'm sure it was like that for before, but even more so now mm-hmm. because we have endless options of entertainment and access to information. But guys have a hard time. They don't necessarily look at it like a distraction, but it's like, why well, I, I can't. I can't spend all that time studying film. I can't spend all that time um, doing all these little things because I'm missing out. I'm missing out on whatever it is for for you, whether it's you know spending time with your family or whether it's spending time you know mm-hmm. watching movies or whatever exactly. it is. So what 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 is your response to that in terms of the benefits of cutting out distraction and recognizing that you're not missing out? Exactly. Well, the main thing that you, the main thing is, like I said, that vision. Once you, once that vision becomes clear and you know where you're going, if you stay on the path that you're on, <laughs> you can't sacrifice that for instant gratification. Meaning, you may want to do this right now, but at the end of the day, you're not going to miss out on anything because whoever is doing that or whatever, whatever it may be, you have to say to yourself, I'm going to use this time to get better while they're not. You see what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, we can sit here. You can sit here and, uh, you know, cut off the distractions, stuff like that. But to me, once you get into, uh, what I'm about to say, um, what's the importance of having that mentality? What did you say, We're talking about what, what, other components need to be there to help you maximize your potential as a football player beyond 
hard work and, and you were saying the mentality and a, a core piece of that mentality mm-hmm. is eliminating distraction and eliminating clutter. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I was saying, so at the end of the day, yeah, like, like I was saying about the instant gratification, you have to put that aside for your long-term goal. That was one thing that I've been pretty good at for the majority of my life is saying to myself, okay, nah, I'm not going to do this because I have goals <laughs> that I'm sacrificing for, that I'm taking risk for. You know, and at the end of the day, you're not missing out because at the end of the day, whether it be girls or parties or whatever the case may be, that stuff is going to continue to be around till the end of time. That stuff is going to be there. At the end of the day, time you have to chase your dream, that's not going to always be there. That 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 time for you, because like I said, timing and everything, timing is everything. So at the end of the day, you have to seize the moment that you had that vision. And you have to go all out. And to me, going all out may be not going to that party, not talking to that girl or whatever. You know, whatever it is for a young guy. But at the end of the day, like I had a running back this past season. And uh, he was a pretty big-time recruit. And he was he was injured the season before. And um, <clears throat> all off-season, because I follow him on Twitter, all off-season, he's going to Ohio State. All off-season, you know, there's people – on Twitter, you know, all these accounts, burner accounts that be, you know, that want to hate and say all this, that, and the other, you know, the other team's talking trash, trying to get in his head, you know, and I kind of got in his ear probably a week, week, week of the game. I told him, like, look, when you get out there, you can't, you can't, you can't get out there and try to prove everybody wrong. You can't go out there and press and try to prove everybody wrong that's in the stands. You got to go out there and be you, whether the play is 22 dive or zone or whatever, that's the only thing on your mind. I'm pressing a gap. If it's not there, I'm cut. I'm, I'm, I'm making a, 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 a sticking my foot in the ground and getting the backside a backside a gap. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. That's the only thing that should be entering your mind in the game. And that's the only way you're going to perform. Because all that stuff, you know, Twitter and all this other crap out there, you got to be able to block that out. You know, and that to me is the guys that really make it to the next level is the goals that, the guys that can block that stuff out and still play their game and not let it affect them. Because there's a lot of young guys that'll take that stuff <coughs> to heart and then go out there and try to do way too much and you end up looking worse than you would if you just came out there and just played your game and, and be who you are. You know. Yeah. Then if you're if you're thinking about what other people are saying and stuff like that, that's the whole thing is that you're thinking, which is what we don't want when you're playing. And then, you know, there's a million different ways that that we as people try and do it, but we're all trying to have these these peak experiences in life, these experiences, right? Mm -hmm. And those only happen when you're really good at something or you're with a group of people going after something together and you're going through the trenches together, like what you're talking about, like that's where peak, ex- peak experiences happen. Peak experiences, you know, memorable moments that you're going to remember 10 years from now that you're going to remember on your dying days are not going to happen from some party you went to on Saturday night or, you know, something. Exactly. You know, it's exactly. so. I think that's. Exactly. Uh, I, like I said, I would never, there's, there's, like I said, there's times. 
at least in this process that I've been going through for three years now, there's some stuff that's happened that I'll never forget. Like, just, you know, things that just happened that I didn't, you know, I, maybe I didn't expect it this soon or whatever. Stuff that was happening was like, wow. Like, this is, I'll never forget when that happened or this, the, the time around when this was happening. I'll never forget my life because at the end of the day, I remember the risk I took to do, you know, to do some of those things. Mm. Taking the risks, you know, and that's what it's about. It's, it's, it's risking it, you know, because at the end of the day, you can go, you can say you have a plan, but at the end of the day, plan B takes away from plan A to me. That's, that's, to me, that's, that's back of your mind doubt. Because at the end of the day, if I believe as human beings, if you're in the right lane and you're going after your purpose, I believe if you work hard enough, you're going to get what's owed to you. No doubt about it. And to me, that is your plan A. Whatever your purpose is and however it's, you know, however it comes into, comes to life or whatever, how, whoever brings the, the vision to you, which, you know, people speak through, you know, stuff gets brought out through other people sometimes. You're know, like, wow, I never really thought that. And you start thinking, you're like, maybe this is me, you know. And next thing you know, boom, you're stuck with it doing it, whatever, whatever, and now it's going in the upward direction. But that's one—that's the main thing, you know, that I, at least I worry about is selling out to me for whatever you want to accomplish and you believe that you're good enough that <clears throat> if you sell out for it, it's going to work out. Because some guys sell out and it's not, maybe that's not, quite your lane you know what i'm saying maybe you want to do this but maybe there's something you're even better at that you don't know about yet that you may like even more you know yeah and as long as you're building skills and building relationships on the way then you know it's gonna you're exactly. good exactly you're good exactly and it's all about building those relationships and remembering those people who helped you along the way you know what i'm saying who really who was really there when it wasn't, you know, when it wasn't what it is today, who's here today when it wasn't what it will be five years from now? You know what I'm saying? That's what matters. Because at the end of the day, it's easy for people to come around you when you're doing, like, when you're doing it big and you got all this stuff around you. It's easy for people to come around. But who <coughs> is who who believed in you from ground zero? So as you said, so as you put a name on it, you know, who believe who believes in that name believes in you that you can bring that to life? You know what I'm saying? Because that's that's the main thing about a dream or anything is bringing it to life. And that's one thing about at least my experience is crazy because I've been having this vision long before I even started doing it, but I never knew what I was going to be. Because I love I knew I knew I loved football, and I knew I loved. I love hip hop. I love music. And I'm like, how can, you know, how can I be something that intertwines both of them, you know, without necessarily, because I don't necessarily, I don't want to be on somebody's staff necessarily and be minimized to coach in one position. I kind of want to be my own man, my own business. And how can I incorporate, you know, hip hop? And that's when, the, that's where the videos came from, you know, because I'm a huge hip hop fan and a lot of guys, football, listen to hip-hop before they go out and play, and this is what you're hearing, the songs you'll be hearing, the lock, whatever, is what I'm putting on my video. So at the end of the day, crazy how over time, 
the vision starts to piece itself together in real life, and it's crazy. Because I never, I never knew what I wanted to be, and I couldn't put my finger on it. But now I'm becoming exactly what I was thinking about four or five years ago that I didn't know. I, I had no idea what I was going to do in my life, you know. <laughs> and then if you absolutely knew 100% that you could not fail, what is the next major goal that you would accomplish in your life for your business? Probably to get to a million dollars. That's what I would say. And having, and having a facility and having multiple outlets of money. Because in this industry, it's, it's, it, when, you're making, when you're only making money when you're out there, it's difficult. But when you can get clothing out there, you can get partnerships, you can get all this type of stuff and money flowing in from different directions, then that's when you start, your business really starts to grow. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be all that I can be for this and what I need to be to make this thing go, you know, from top to bottom. So that's, that's, that's mainly my thing is a hundred percent going after facilities, anything like that, because I know for a fact that would take me to an entire level that I'm not even at yet because that's just something I've never had. I've had to either get on there for field time or try to get, you know, try to find my places here and there. I don't always have, <clears throat> and I don't always have all, all the tools and stuff I need to train guys to the best of my ability. I'm saying when that comes down the line, it'll really, 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 really become full circle and a lot more, what's the word? Like, it'll be a lot, you know, funner that way. You know, and then what needs to happen for you to get there? A lot. Like I have to. I mean, for me to get there, at least, gotta stay at it. To me, that's the major thing that most trainers have came up and told me, who see <laughs> what I do or whatever. They just told me just don't stop. You know, because at the end of the day, it's easy for me to quit and get frustrated because this is not happening. And believe me, it happens a lot. <clears throat> I'm only human. <clears throat> I get frustrated a lot. I hold myself to a high standard, you know. So at the end of the day, I have to be my own worst critic and understand what I have to do day by day on a small thing basis to get to where I need to get in 10, 5, 10 years, you know. Which Whether that be, you know, saving money, putting money in stocks or stuff, or putting money in stuff that's going to grow, investing it in the right spot. And to me, <laughs> those connections of people that I will come across I believe will help me make that happen you know so at the end of the day to me the main thing that I continue to try to you know harp for is hard work you know that's obviously number one for me since the day like it was that's that's just been my thing obviously is just working hard taking the right amount of risks and sacrificing things you know because you can, like you said, you can work hard. A lot of guys working hard, but you have to sacrifice things. You have to do stuff that other people would not do in your position. You know, and I know that, that I made decisions like that. I'm like, hey, a lot of guys would need, you know what I'm saying? A lot of guys would overcharge or try to charge more because their situation looks like it does, but I'm not that type of guy. I like to earn my worth and move up incrementally to the point where it's, <laughs> it's legit and you're getting what you pay for it, and I'm 100% sure of that. You know. Sounds like a good way to do things. 
All right, Coach Rank, I got some rapid fire questions here that I want you to answer to to wrap this up. This has been this has been okay. really good. Answer these in uh, one word or one sentence, please. Okay. Who is the number one football skills trainer or coach that you're looking up to right now, or you really like what that person's doing? Um, I would have to say. As far as the football skills side go, I would probably say Prep Camp, for sure. I like his stuff. I like what he's doing, for sure, out in California. He's out in L.A. Um, and I would say as a football coach, I look up to Nick Saban a lot. Like, that's a guy, yeah. Nick, Nick Saban is a guy I really look up to, for sure. Who is the most interesting person you have ever met in your life? Um... I'm trying to think. Interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, interesting as in, like, the way they carry themselves or interested in, like, what they do? You can answer that however you want. Okay. Um, I would probably have to say my mother, honestly, in my entire life. That's that's the most, one of the most interesting people ever that I've come across just because, you know, the stuff she goes through on a daily basis or whatever and the stuff that she's done to make sure that all, at least me, my brother, my sister, whatever, have what we need or do this, that, or the other, even though it may be hard on her, you know, that's that's one person that I think I definitely interest me a lot because that's, it's almost unhuman. For me, for somebody, you know, because when certain stuff's going wrong for them, but they can still treat everybody else and do what they need to do for everybody else to me. So so good. Such a valuable skill as well. What personal limits are you currently stretching? Um, mentally. Mentally, I've been tested probably the past, this past year. Mentally, it's probably been the hardest for me mentally out of my whole life, you know, and that's, I think building me for something has to come. And what is the biggest life lesson you have learned in the last six months? Ooh, the biggest life lesson, man, that you got, basically that you got to keep up, keep getting up and keep going. Like life is hard, really hard. Like I didn't, when people used to say that when I was a kid, I didn't really think much of it. But now that I got to this point and you see that it really, life does not really care about like, Nobody cares. That's my. That's the favorite thing. I, nobody cares. Work harder, you know. And to me, that's that's huge for me. That's what I've really learned about life. Is at the end of the day, nobody really cares about certain things. You can't want them to care. I should say, and you just got to keep getting up and keep going after. No matter how many L's or lumps or failures you take, it's about continuing to keep going. And last question. You can answer this uh, in however many words you like. What is one piece of wisdom you would give to a 15-year-old football player who comes from absolutely nothing yet has high ambitions to leave a major impact on the world? I would say first things first is character. Like the way, to, as we're finding out with all these stories about certain guys or whatever, her character is everything. The way you treat people is everything. Like if you want to make an impact on the world, we're not just talking about this sports. You want to make an impact in today's world. To me, the way you treat people, 
and you know your character will speak volumes about you and in return will get you opportunities that other people may not have gotten because their attitude or character might not be where it's supposed to be you know and that's to me <laughs> the main thing i try to stress to a lot of young guys is your character the way you treat people and the way you come off to people is huge you know nobody wants nobody wants some kid who's 15 year old whatever you know and he walks in and he's arrogant and he's acting and he acts as if he's different than everybody i tell all my guys know how how big time you are or not you got to walk in the room just like you're a regular guy you know what i'm saying just just as just as you're a normal person or any of that type of stuff to me that's that goes a long way that's why lebron james is so revered is because he's his character is unbelievable. We all know he's a great basketball player. We all know he's probably the best that ever did it. But at the end of the day, which makes it so much better is his character and the type of person he is. And he came from an area like that. You know. <laughs> I completely agree. So good. Coach Rank, what is the best way that an uh, audience can learn more about you, reach out to you, connect with you, uh, you and uh, Juice Academy? You can connect with Juice Academy on Instagram at Juice Academy Athletics. You can connect with me, Instagram, at Coach Rank. On Twitter, it's Coach Rank 2. And on LinkedIn, I have a LinkedIn profile also, Austin Rankin, A-U-S-T-E-N-R-A-N-K-I-N. Just look me up in the search bar and I should pop up as far as LinkedIn goes. Um, should have a website here soon. Don't have that one yet, but should have a website soon. But those are the things... You can reach <laughs> you can reach out to me on again Coach Rank on Instagram, Juice Academy Athletics on Instagram, and then Coach Rank Two on Twitter. Mr. Rank and I appreciate the time, and I look forward to having you on again soon. Thanks, sir. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for having me.